Sons Day, presented by YRefi.com. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Now we got a big one tonight at Footprint Center. The Phoenix Suns hosting Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Wolf, I just continue in my mind to think of it as a rematch of last year's Western Conference Finals because that's what it should have been, but then it wasn't because of Luka. Anyway, uh, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is Jay Williams, the host of Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN. Jay, how's it going? You know, boys, I just had a baby. Well, let me let me re- rephrase here. My <laughs> wife just had a baby. So it's our third baby. So I'm not really sleeping. You know, I'm just watching games late night like a weirdo. And uh, I'm kind of liking it. How about you guys? Uh, well, I can't compete with that. We're doing great, <laughs> yeah. Jay. By the way, everyone okay? Everyone doing well? Everyone's good, Wolf. I mean, two kids in two years. You tell me if we're okay. Man, we're not that's... okay, but we're, we're, we're living. We're making it through. <laughs> it, was, it was the way you said it, Jay, of, you know what? I, I just I just had a baby. Like, oh, like you I mean, Luke, like, let's be honest. I mean, my wife is looking at me while she's having surgery. She's like, and you will be having the next surgery. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this like to me is in my future. I understand. That's so good, brother, man. Uh, it's right. life, man. You know, we're blessed. We're blessed. So everything is good, man. Uh, and hopefully everything can be better for your squad tonight, too. Yeah, so you're the right guy to talk to here because this, at least for me, I think a lot of people here were expecting this to be a playoff series at some point last year. It wasn't. It's very early this season, so I don't know how much you can take from a game at the end of October. Jay, you played in this league. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. you can shed some insight on that. But at least both teams are basically at, at full strength. We didn't see that all the time when they met last year. Yeah, I, I think October is always interesting you know time of the year because some veterans um you know are on the slow ramp right um it's rare that you see team coming teams veteran teams coming out of the gates uh really humming on all cylinders here but i i think you know one of these signs of improvement that i've seen thus far with the suns is just their perimeter defense too right so you look in that game against the mavericks and the 12 lasers combined that team shot around those teams shot around 39 percent from the three and that was a lot better with once again, the way you defend, because in that next game that they had against the Clippers, held them to a lot better shooting percent from the three-point line. So, I, I look, there, there will be room for growth with everybody, and you don't usually see teams draw a line in the sand by saying we're going to defend that playoff style or performance level in October. But as, if you're Monty, all you're seeing is slow improvements, slow improvements. And you want to get your team to February where, you know, obviously hope you guys make a deal. You get the right pieces that fit right with the team for Jay Crowder and everybody's healthy. And obviously when you get to the all-star break, that's where you start to ramp it up and really make a run. Jay, how long before, how many games do you have to play before you start drawing conclusions about a basketball team, in your opinion? I would probably say 15 to 20 games, depending upon health. Okay. Okay, so depending upon health, Wilson. Yeah, and especially it seems to me, Jay, that the first seven to ten games of any season for any basketball team in the NBA really is you've got to take it careful. I mean, you've got to look at excuse me carefully and not draw a lot of conclusions on the first seven to ten games you see. Would you agree with that? I I, I would, but there there are some things that I I need to see right. Um, Number one, like I need to see energy and effort. Like that, like that is something, frankly, it feels like it's missing with the Lakers. Right. Energy and effort, right? So if, regardless of whether you have veterans or not, if you don't see that type of fight in a team, it's, 
and I, well, I know you heard this so many times before in sports, right? Like we've all met athletes that feel like they can believe, or people in life feel like they can believe that when it's time, they turn the switch on. And then when it's not time, they turn the switch off. Yeah. And I'm sitting there saying, nah, man, you can, this is not a light switch that you can leave on and off. You need to leave that thing on all the time. And I, I, so I think for certain teams, you can see that's missing. Like I, like I said before, with the Lakers, that's missing. Um, but with other teams, for the most part, veteran teams that are experienced, that understand attention to detail, that understand how you need to execute a scouting report, th- those are the things you look for, right, uh, earlier on. Whether guys find their rhythms, substitution patterns, um, you know, styles of play, that's not as important in October. Jay Williams joining us right now. Uh, Jay, this Golden State team is trying to pull off what I think might be the toughest thing to do in sports where you're winning titles and you're also kind of transitioning to the next era of Golden State basketball Mm. when you're bringing in, obviously Jordan Poole was big last year, but like James Wiseman didn't even play last year. Jonathan Kaminga, are they going to be able to pull this off and stay at the top of the West again? I mean, I'm not betting against Bob Myers, I'll tell you that. Um, You know, for all the drama that came along with Draymond Green, Literally, you know, sucker punching Jordan Poole in the face. I wish somebody would do that to me. Oh my goodness, I would lose. I'm sorry, I almost took myself on a tangent. I'm telling you, I, I don't. It was. Huh? You're right. That was a sucker punch. It Come was. on, Wolf. And here's my thing. I didn't get a chance to address this with you guys. As much as I'm going to sit up there at the podium, Wolf, and like as much as I'm going to say, like, yeah, okay, you know, we're about winning championships, and we're all professionals. Underneath my breath, I'm like, man, blank you, dude. Like, thank you. Like, I'm not, come on, man. Like, people get in, and I get, like, I've seen fights before, typically where people square up, and they know that one is coming from the other. But there are certain things that happen in life that I'm not sure that you ever really come back from. Like, you know, you hear that in marriage, like, oh, this happened. Not sure you can really come back from that. Or a friendship, not really sure you can come back from that. And as a team, I, I know that they're still playing well. But, like, there is an element of trust. And if I'm Bob Myers, I'm looking at people like Kuminga. I'm looking at people like James Wiseman. I just extended Jordan Poole. I just extended Andrew Wiggins. Clay Thompson is a legacy piece of this team. His contract is up next year. I'm not going to be able to pay Draymond Green. And, by the way, guys, last thing I'll say about this in relation to Draymond Green, when they're playing the Lakers and they're, like, and they're up, I don't know if you guys caught this, there was a video going out that literally Draymond Green – like, while they're in battle with the Lakers, LeBron James is on the court. Draymond Green runs out onto the court to, like, josh and giggle with his boy. Now, I'm cool with people. Like, I know we're in business. We do a lot of things together. Like, when I see you off the court, cool. But, like, yo, I'm competing against you, man. Like, and I could tell it, just, it rubbed some – I know it definitely rubbed Andre Godala. You can only look at his hand gestures on the bench and see what I'm talking about here. But it definitely rubbed some of the – some of the Golden State Warriors the wrong way. And it's the little things like that you start to see where you're like, man, like that's like a small crack that could continue to crack and get bigger and bigger and bigger. But it's something to pay attention to from a championship yeah. team just last year. Yeah. No, that is honestly, that is a great observation by you. The chemistry is so important. And that's one of the things about the Phoenix Suns as well. The chemistry. I don't know if you happen to see Chris Paul. Chris Paul doesn't look like Chris Paul. It, it's, it doesn't look like he's looking for a shot at all so far. Now it's only been three games, but it looks three like games, yeah. yeah, it looks like he's deferring, trying to get others involved. Have you had the opportunity to watch Chris Paul play? And what do you think based on three games? You see, this is this is one of those things, kind of like preseason, beginning of the season. 
like I know that Chris Paul, one of the things that Chris Paul felt was that when it's all said and done, like were his legs there? Did he have enough down the stretch? Right? Like that's always what we ask of Chris Paul. Do you have enough down the stretch? So the way I've seen veterans, especially guys that carry the load offensively and defensively, like CP3, um, is you ease your way into things, right? I think the most important thing from a point guard perspective, and I, I, would, I would deem Chris Paul having the utmost confidence in his own ability, is he knows what he can do when it matters the most. So for him, even if it's deferring, getting other people involved, letting other people establish their rhythm and how they need to feel to kind of you prepare for a long season, guys. Let's be honest. I mean, we're going to talk about over the next couple of months, you know, we get into, you know, November, uh, you know, December. Now we're talking about college football playoffs. Now we're talking about Christmas. We're talking about some bigger NFL games. We're talking about the Cardinals with you guys and D-Hop coming back and Cliff Kingsbury and all this stuff. And then we get into like January, February, NFL playoffs. You know, when you get in, it's a, that's a long season, man. By the time you get to February, after you get the all-star break, that's when guys are really turning it on. So it doesn't really worry me as much. Mm. What I do want to see, though, is well, I need to start seeing Devin Booker's name in these MVP conversations. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I need to see a uh, scorch-the-earth type mentality that is consistently sustained because when I, it, he reminds me at times of the way Kobe Bryant plays but the thing that lacks is the mentality of Kobe Bryant. And that's always been the biggest question mark I've had with the book. You know, is it 24-7 killer mentality? Is it that all day, every day? And for a guy that kind of fizzled out last year towards the end, I need like, that's a guy I want to see that comes in right away and establishes himself on what time it is for the rest of the season. Well, you might see it this year, Jay. Great stuff Jay, as always, thank man. You, thank buddy. you. All right, boys. Congrats on that baby, man. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks, man. Pray for my sleep. Will do. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, it's Jay Williams joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. I tell you, he, since he brought up Kobe Wolf, have you watched uh, the Redeem Team on Netflix? No. It's just it's a it's not a series. It's like a one I don't know like an hour hour and a half documentary on the two thousand. It's Pash basically tells me I gotta watch. It's it. good. It's good. Chris Paul's in it. I mean, he's not. He doesn't. They don't talk to him a whole lot. It's mostly talking to LeBron, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, but a few others, Jerry Colangelo. Uh, it's good. It's definitely good. All right. Uh, thanks to Jay Williams there. Join Kona Big Wave this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally as Cardinals take on the Minnesota Vikings. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials all game long this Sunday at Phillies off Priest Drive in Tempe. We come back to the Cardinals. Maybe have a new way to use DeAndre Hopkins. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Grips on your ways, front way, back way. You know that I don't play. Streets not safe, but I Well, I said this going into the game on Thursday, Wolf, so I want to be consistent with it. All I wanted, you're getting DeAndre Hopkins back, whether the offense should have been better without him or not, and it should have. Once you get him back, lean into it. And the Cardinals did. 14 targets, 10 catches, 103 yards for DeAndre Hopkins, and they get a win. I don't think that's a coincidence. There we go. All right, so leaning into it, can you lean into it even more? Can you get more out of DeAndre Hopkins? Um, 
they are moving him around a little bit. Yeah. And that was something that was, you know, there was a time early last year when the Cardinals were 7-0. and This feels like it was years ago. And you were looking for anything to be critical of. It was almost it was almost weird. It was almost weird doing this show. It was weird talking to Cardinals fans. It was like, well, it's, everything's great. The only criticism that you would ever hear with uh, with how they used Hopkins was, okay, well, he's kind of always in the same spot. You know, yeah. Maybe they don't. They, maybe Kyler can't handle if they move him around or this or that or whatever. Uh, they're moving him around. Darren Urban did a story on uh, azcardinals.com, and he detailed how they have moved him around all over the field, not just on Thursday against the Saints, but his last couple full games last year. Uh, it goes back as far as Cleveland. The Cleveland game, the Houston game, and the Rams game last year. Yes. But the other thing, the part that really stood out was he had 27 plays where he was on the field as a slot receiver against the Saints. (laughs) His previous career high with the Cardinals was 10. (laughs) So you're telling me there's a big difference there, Seems like at least through one game there's a big difference. Okay, so where do we begin on this one right here? Um, You become predictable in the National Football League, and you are doomed. And I do believe that this is something the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, I think they're understanding this right now. It's one of the reasons why, Basin Onions, you hear me talk all the time about moving Kyler Murray around. Yeah. I want him in the shotgun. I want him in the pistol. I want him under center. I, I want, this is where you can expand and grow your offense the most because the last thing you want to do is be predictable. Taking DeAndre Hopkins and lining him up as the X receiver on the single receiver side of the field. And doing that to the left always, over and over and over again, is, is just, it's, it's wrong-headed, in my opinion. There are benefits, but it's ultimately not going to get you where you want to go. Okay, so what, what do you think the benefits might be to that, Luke? Well, Putting them on one side of the field. I what mean, do you think To be might fair, be? you and I have talked about this off the air. But this, is, this feels like well, we're acting now. But no, look, it makes a lot of sense. The benefit with a young quarterback, you have this dynamic receiver that shifts the opposing defense. Yes. If you keep him in one place on on first down, and then on second down, he's still in the same place and the defense looks different, well, then you know what the defense is doing because See, you haven't changed your variable. And even though we did talk about that in the not-so-beautiful part of the program, you already knew that. I did you make the connection. I should give right myself there. credit there. That's, yeah. If you're going to line him up on one spot of the field, to the left, always going to do that, now it does kind of clarify things for Kyla Murray in terms of reading it. I love the fact that I think they're going to move D-Hop around, and we've already seen it in one game. Already seen him do something he's never done before in the past to the degree in which we saw it. Him lined up in the slot. This is great. They're going to move DeAndre Hopkins around, and I think what I'm fascinated with when Hollywood Brown comes back, if and when that happens, and hopefully that's not an if, that's a when that is actually going to happen, are they going to line him up always to the left of Kyler Murray? Are they going to do that and move D-Hop around? Let him be the move guy. That is fascinating to me because I remember the Arizona Cardinals came out with a depth chart. Do you remember the I early do. I depth remember chart going right into there? week one. And suddenly there it was. Hollywood Brown was listed as the X receiver. And you kept asking me. <laughs> and I was, I was like, I didn't make the depth chart. <laughs> <laughs> it just, you know, to me, I was wondering, well, wait a minute. That's D-Hop's position, the X receiver. 
and yet they were listening him. They were listing him as the X. And I know that D Hop was suspended, of course, at that point in time. But it, I just thought it was really, really odd. So what are they going to do when D Hop comes back? They're going to list him as the X. And so you might want to go ahead and check that now on the Cardinals depth chart and see what they actually did with it. Now, now but look Hollywood this. Brown, of course, is you know he's on IR, so that's going to be really, really. So really, would you just throw Robbie Anderson into that spot? I mean, Robbie maybe, Anderson hasn't been on the team maybe long enough. Maybe would do that. Anyways, I, I don't want to confuse people here. Okay, honestly. We um, do that every the day. Combination, the combination of D-Hop and moving D-Hop and then lining up somebody like Hollywood Brown as the X, always to the left, that is going to be really interesting. Is that what they're going to do? And how will that impact Kyler Murray and help this offense going forward? That, what you're talking about, hinges a lot on Kyler Murray, right? I mean, if you're going to say, hey, this is our best weapon that we have on this team. And when we have him, other teams can't can't shut us out, can't shut us down. I mean, even, even on Thursday when the offense didn't look right yet, they couldn't stop DeAndre Hopkins. If you're going to move him all over the place, you've got to feel like Kyler's okay with him moving all over the place. Yes, I. this is my personal choice. I'd love to see Hollywood Brown be the X, lined up as the X. Not always to the left, doesn't have to be, okay? can also be lined up to the right, away from the strength of the formation, though. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And then moving Hop around. I love Hop a lot more in the slot. And the reason why I love that is this is a guy who knows how to get open. It is. You don't it is, say. It is amazing, Luke. It truly is. He doesn't run great routes. You've heard me talk about this before. He's not a technician when it comes to running routes. All he does is get open. He knows how to run routes to get open. He just gets to the end result. Exactly All the stuff they teach you to get from point A to point B, he doesn't necessarily do it, but he gets to point B better than anybody. It's it's the thing that makes Hop so incredible is his mind, man. He's got this unbelievable mind. This is a guy that can run by people. And even though he's not going to run by people, um, he's going to be covered as he tries to run by people. Um, he's also a guy that is a deep threat because of it, mm-hmm. because of the fact he's a 50-50 ball well, he's guy. Catch anything That's he who he up. is, period. You know, everything about D-Hop, even running after the catch, I've talked about this a little bit before. He's so good at it. He's so good at it. But I don't look at D-Hop and think, man, look at that burst. That's incredible. Look at how shifty he is with his moves. He isn't. He's he's just, he, he runs in a funky kind of way and knows how to make people miss. It's he, he's really an enigma when you watch him play because it's not like he has incredible physical gifts. It's his mind. You know, the other guy you that actually allows him to win like this was Cooper Cup, wasn't that? Not that oh, they're yeah. the same player, but you've used total, the same yes. phrases to describe Cooper Cup. You're before. absolutely right. And you watch Cooper Cup; it's he's open on every play when the opposing team, especially this year on the Rams, he's the only receiver the Rams have right now, and he's still always open. This is Cliff Kingsbury on with us yesterday. We asked him if DeAndre Hopkins, even at this point in his career, can still add more to his game. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, that was what. Practicing, I mean, at all. We just walked through, so I'm hopeful. Um, the more time on task we get 
with him and and uh, with Kyler that the role continued to expand because he, he's he is a guy that even when he's covered he's open and um, we we needed his presence out there. Wolf to the point of having DeAndre Hopkins in the slot and who knows if they stick with that or not, but I would hope they do it this week because Minnesota not real good against slot receivers this year. One of the wow. one of the worst teams in the NFL according to Pro Football Focus. Okay, so I did not know that. If you were gonna use them in the slot, this is a good time. Maybe run them out there for another twenty seven snaps in the slot and see what Minnesota. Very very interested to see what they do with him, man. But this is this is exciting to me because I think it's going to help Kyler. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back, back to basketball. Devin Booker going into year eight. Does he look any different to you? He might. We'll explain that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Do you know what happened two years ago today in the NFL? I only know because they just flashed it on one of the screens in here, but I don't think you were looking. No, I don't know what happened. It was uh, it was the Buda Baker interception and DK Metcalf running him down. <laughs> they just showed. That. I'm sure Buda is very thankful that they are showing that play again on ESPN two years later. Yeah, today. truly incredible play by DK Metcalf. Honestly. Sunday presented by YRefi.com. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> we went a little Sunday on you there. I was just throwing that out there. But I was like, uh, did I do something wrong? Maybe, but it wasn't that. All right, so there's a story. We're talking about this earlier in the show. How how do you evolve this team? It's been a conversation really throughout training camp. How do you how do you evolve this uh, this Phoenix Suns team if you're not going out and adding a big name player or even you know they've added some pieces but smaller pieces. Uh, and we we've talked a lot about DeAndre Ayton. How does DeAndre Ayton get better? How does this team? How does Cam Johnson improve? Devin Booker Wolf through the first, and this is just through three games. I get that. Devin Booker has actually looked even better. He's averaging 32 points per game and shooting 53% from the field right now. Yeah. Devin Booker's not a center. Yes. 50, 53% from the field is not, those aren't guard numbers, but he's doing it. So Kellen Olsen did a deep dive, our own Phoenix Suns guru, on uh, on some of the reasons Devin Booker might be in line to evolve even more this year. We just had Jay Williams on like 15 minutes ago. He said, I want to see Devin Booker getting MVP votes this year. This might be the path to doing it. So, Kellen Olsen put a story up on ArizonaSports.com, which I'm not going to read to you, but look at this. I even highlighted a couple important Man, lines. You're all over it. I know. I figured out how to use the colored printer. I read it as well. It's just a killer, killer article. A killer by Kellen. killer? Yes. But you didn't use the colored printer like Let I me just did. say, though, Devin Booker right now, um, one of the things that we've seen a lot more of in the first three games, point book. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if I love that big picture. Do you? 82 games plus playoffs of that? And okay, maybe we'll so see it. Once picture. again, it's a, why are they doing it? Why? Well, I, I think it's because of what we've seen with Chris Paul, yeah. once again, and the dependence on Chris Paul. And I think it's a, it's a way of saying we're not going to put all our eggs into one basket. Does that make sense? So this is what Kellen in his first uh, couple lines of his story wrote. So the Suns are intent on lessening Chris Paul's workload this season. 
Side note, I think we all agree on that. He says the expectation out of camp was that it would mean more of Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson being featured on the ball. Three games in, though, it's been more of Devin Booker commanding the offense. Now, he details how Devin Booker is not just commanding the offense, but attacking the rim from the perimeter. Like, attacking from the perimeter, which is, you know, would that would make sense that his shooting percentage would be going up. Yeah. He also notes in here his free throw attempts are going up, which is something Devin Booker, for how how good of a player he is and the position he plays, isn't necessarily a guy you see on the line a ton. And I don't want him to turn into James Harden where every play is him going out there, running towards the hoop, getting fouled, and shooting two free throws. Like I, I, Devin Booker's a fun player to watch whether he was on the Suns or not. But if you want to take the next step and you're already talking about being a first-team player and you want to talk about being the guy that drags your team to the NBA Finals... It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if Devin Booker shot a few more free throws a game either. No, you're right about that. So one of the things I appreciate the most about Devin Booker is the fact that he's gotten better every year. Yeah. Every year. And he was good when he started. He was really, he was good when he started exactly right. He's gotten better every year. For, for whatever reason, Devin Booker has been able to improve a certain area of his game. Last year, to me, it was he took a huge step forward defensively. He just did. He became a true two-way player in the NBA. And the respect that I have for Devin Booker cannot be measured with human hands because he has improved, especially over the last four seasons. Every year, you could see it. He he improved a certain part of his game, and he's got to continue to do that. But I think his on the ball stuff with Point Book, and I didn't, I wasn't crazy about this three years ago. I was not Point Book. Yes, I was not crazy about it because again, I was worried about the wear and tear it would have on him. If I that still kind of am. Yeah, but if I don't think it's going to be exclusively. Point That's book. fine. It, well, Do you know what I yes, mean? Yes, because a few years ago, they didn't have a choice. They didn't have a point exactly guard. Exactly right. Now it's like you pick and choose, okay, Monty, you're going to be smart about this. You do still have Chris Paul. You know, some of this at a certain point probably falls on Devin Booker. If it's game 43 and you're wearing down being point book, tell Monty. Yes. <laughs> you're still going to be out there on the floor. It's not like you're losing minutes. But I, I'm, I'm with you. Three years ago, I didn't love it. And even right now, I just want to make sure you manage it the right way. Yes, and again, when you look at the NBA, what is happening in the NBA? This positionless league, and we keep hearing this over and, and we saw it in the postseason last year. We, we saw it front and center. This positionless league, and if in fact that is the way you're going, isn't, isn't it a situation where if you're Monty Williams, you want to have all your options in front of you. It's kind of like what I talk about in regard to Bill Belichick and his philosophy in terms of playing the game of football. You need to be whatever you need to be in order to beat your opponent. And you just said it right there. Because in the playoffs last year against Dallas, a team that won 64 games looked like one or two things went wrong and they had no options. Yes. Which was the weirdest thing to witness. So I think you want options. And point book is that option. One of those options. Yeah. Um, it's, I've always viewed it as the, like, in case of emergency break glass option because Book can do it. But 
<laughs> I don't need him doing everybody's job on the floor. Right. But, I, but I do think they're in a better position to manage it. Manage it. Um, numbers don't always translate well to the radio, but I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. A couple more stats from uh, from Kellen's piece. In his first two seasons with Chris Paul, Devin Booker averaged 3.52 and 3.65 dribbles per touch. So I'm going to try and put that in English. I don't even know I how they know this that. part of it right here, dribbles per touch. But let's just put it in the in, in English of he wasn't dribbling as much when he had the ball <laughs> as he is now. More of a catch and shoot or just pass or whatever, there's right? Some, there's somebody out there that's actually measuring the dribbles measure per touch. everything in basketball. <laughs> everything. You sit down with your pocket protector. And Kellen has access to all of it. Basically, he's gone up a full dribble per touch and Chris Paul's gone down one so far this year. <laughs> How's which, that feel, CP3? Which to me is just indicative of this being intentional. <laughs> and the other thing, the other number I'm going to throw at you, Devin Booker, 9.7 drives per game. Okay, this okay. is talking about him attacking from the nice. perimeter. That, that was what he did last year. This year, 17.3 drives okay. per game. Yeah. Okay. Double. That's how you get the free throws. Okay, so you said the, the double thing right there. It's not only how you get the free throws, it's also how you get the assists. Yep. If you're going to be point buck, yeah. penetration and kick, right? This is the positionless league that we see. It's just another option, once again, that you've got to develop, and I'm all for that. Not in a singular kind of way, but in a multiple kind of way. Here's uh, Monty Williams on Devin Booker's continuing evolution as a player. Devin's been around so long, sometimes you forget he's still a young player, but I think he's moving into um, the early parts of his prime, and that's where you're, you're become your strongest, you know, and you're starting to see like his ability to get there and take punishment or go past the punishment and dunk the ball. I mean, it's only a few games, but his ability to attack the basket and finish um, should be an asset for us. And, and hopefully it, it's him getting to the free throw line more so we can set our defense and, and you know, be able to change up our defenses if we need to. But he's put a lot of work in, in the weight room. You can look at his body and stuff. Look, Monty Williams is going to be a big part of this. Um, you said it earlier, though, Wolf. Devin Booker keeps getting better yes. every year. And yep. it, it almost feels unreasonable every year we're coming in. Okay, the training camp starting. How can the Suns get better? Did they add anybody? Okay, and some smaller pieces. Okay, well then the, it's Da getting better, right? Well, yeah, he's pretty. You know, he's got the the most untapped potential. Maybe it's Cam Johnson getting better. Typically, it's just Devin Booker finding a way to get better somehow. And he is. He looks driven to me. He yeah. looks driven this year, no pun intended. Uh, when we come back, is change coming to ASU football? Maybe on a couple fronts. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Oh, this was like Good Who the Stank. Remember Good Who the Stank Wolf? No. Oh, well, this was the good Uber thing. This wasn't the one where he was singing about a reason for like seven hours. Okay, it, yeah. It was the most overplayed song in the history of songs. Uberstank. Yes. Okay, you know what? Honestly, I the love Crawling that, in the Dark. You, you come in, it blows your face off, and then you bring it down a yeah. little bit. Because you need that contrast. Because we all know that contrast is what breeds emotion. Oh my goodness, Luke. 
once you have it, once you know when to hit the post, yeah. you just have it. It's just you can't, I, it doesn't can't matter help what yourself. song. It doesn't matter what song you're going to play. It's an eight. All right. How proud of yourself are you right now? Okay, proceed. They have now. I can't think of the other Hoopastank song that's the good one, not the um, one where he's whining yeah, the whole I'm not time. There's another Hoopa good Stank, one. Well, right. they had two really good ones, and then they had one that was like, all right, and then okay. they had a bunch of ones they never I, played. I see. That was pretty cool, right there. Yeah, that, was, that was one yeah. of the good ones. Okay, that was one of the They're, good. They ones. have another okay, one. That I think. I think it's Running Away that sounds similar-ish okay. to that. All right, Hoopastank. Uh ASU football. And potential changes coming. Everything's kind of cryptic right now. So I'm going to start with the more cryptic story. There is speculation, maybe changes coming at the top. Chris Cartman has a story up today he just put out on Sun Devil Source and said it's past time for Arizona State to move on from Ray Anderson as its AD. Okay, that's just a column. That's not not to diminish columns, but that's not like breaking news. Uh, There's also, uh, I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, Chris Cartman on like a Sun Devil forum saying it's in response to something else. He says it's I don't know what he's referring to, but there are rumors of a possible pending ASU athletics leadership change as soon as today. And then he said, I've been hearing them since last Friday, but nothing has been confirmed. Basically, wow. I'm reading this off okay. a screenshot of a, of an actual screen and it gets smaller okay. the more I read it. Well, and then just to add on, John Wilner, the Pac-12 insider, did tweet out this morning before the Chris Cartman feels like a newsy day in the Pac-12. So that's, I think, kind of where things had started. I know Chris Cartman had said that he was hearing rumblings, but I think that's what kind of made everything surface. So So the only thing I want to say quickly here, Luke, is don't tell me about the storm. Just bring the ship in. So as you're sitting there trying to give us all these excuses as to why you're reading a screenshot off of whatever. Look at this. Look at this thing. Hey, just... And not Just only that, bring the, the ship gets, in, yeah. will you please? All right. Well, I, then here's here's the news for you. Okay, there is good. no news yet, but it seems like something is on looming. the verge of potentially happening. Something which, is looming. I mean, that, is that really going to be a shock no, to any of us? I don't think so. No. Uh, the other thing with ASU football that is looming is they don't have a quarterback, and you could kind of sense this a week ago. When you have Trenton Borgay, maybe I shouldn't say they'll have a quarterback. Right now, they don't know who their quarterback is. They may have two quarterbacks. Um, last week, coming off the bye week, and then previously to that, to that, coming off a win over the Huskies that nobody really expected, where Trenton Borgay was a huge part of it, they were going back to Emory Jones as the starter. Well, Emory Jones started the game against Stanford, and he was pretty good early in the game, and ASU was up, and they had 14 points at halftime, and maybe that's a little bit low against Stanford, but it's a lot better than the second half when they had zero points in the second half, and they lose, and so you would assume there's going to be a little bit of a quarterback controversy, and according to Sean Aguano, who would know better than anybody yesterday, said, yeah, we don't have a true starting quarterback right now. Um, you know, there was, there's some good things that he did. Um, there's some decision-making that uh, was questionable, I thought. Um, There was some um, inconsistency, I thought, in the second half a little bit. Um, Overall, I thought he did okay Um, going forward, um, and you'll see it out there too. It's an open competition, a true open competition for for both of those guys. Um, And again, I'm still, um, we'll say this, um, is I'm going to pick the best guy that will make us, that will get us that win. Um, do I th- do I think we uh, should have won that game? Absolutely. 
I absolutely think I'm and kind of still in the jar about it, but uh, you know I, I got to get over it and we and move forward. And and the kids, the good thing about it is I know that the kids care because um, it was tough for them after the game and it was tough for them uh, yesterday. But uh, we're gonna move on and, and I'm gonna move on. But going back to the quarterback, it is a true competition this next three days, and we'll see how that plays. There is no true starter right now. Well, this is a big. Big week, obviously, for Trenton Borgay and Emory Jones, Wolf. And if you want to add a little bit of spice to it, you want to go ahead and win that competition right now because the first game for the new quarterback, or if it's Emory Jones, is against Colorado, who is miserably bad this yeah. year. Because if chances are whoever wins it, they're going to be in line to have a good game on Saturday, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, you know, honestly, to me, that makes me think that it's going to be Trenton Borgay. It, it, it seems like <laughs> okay. he opened the competition hey, to, to open the door for him, right? Hey, that's all. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Here we go. Um, it's just, it brings up so many questions. First and foremost, what does this do to this roster? What does it do to his teammates that might be out there right now? There are some that I'll I'll promise you want to see Emory Jones be the starter going forward. Some guys that have actually built a little chemistry with Emory Jones. And then there are a lot of guys that haven't really built chemistry with Emory Jones um, that want to see Trenton Borgay be that starter going forward. Because anything is going to be better. (laughs) Anything's going to be better than not having a chemistry with the starting quarterback right now currently so um this does an awful lot to a locker room and typically it's not good i just let elijah badger pick <laughs> he's the one getting open and catching all the passes elijah yeah. you just go ahead and pick right um but i'm sure somehow some way trent Borgay is going to find badger as well well yeah that's what i'm saying um so here's here's where this gets even more complicated wolf so, Emory Jones, Jr., Trenton Borgay, Jr. So, in theory, whoever you name the starter, if they finish out the season as the starter, you're going into next season with them as the starter, right? Now, because it's, it's the era of the NIL and the transfers, you have to be aware and you have to be a realist, whether you like the scenario or not, that whoever you don't name the starter is probably at least at risk to leave in the offseason. But where it gets complicated is Sean Aguano might not even be your coach next year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really, really complicated. It truly is. What I would like to know, Luke, is this right here. Why didn't they do this during the bye week? Why, why, what, what were they doing? Why didn't they say this? Listen to Sean Aguano right here going forward, and you'll see it out there. It's an open competition, a true open competition for both these guys. He repeats it again. It is a true competition these next three days, and we'll see how that plays. There is no true starter right now. Man, these are, this is like you're going to great lengths to make everyone understand this is truly an open competition. Yeah. W- was this not an open competition over the bye? I, you're after right. Trenton Borgay did what he did? That would have been the logical. Washington? I, I'm guessing. I, but again, the complicating factor of Aguano might not even be the coach next year. I'm guessing he came out of that Huskies game was like, this is awesome. I don't want this kid to lose his job, though, because he got hurt. But then if I'm Aguano, and I, I, I said this last week, like if I'm Aguano, it's whoever wins me every game, because my only chance to stay as the head coach is to win every game. Yes. You can't have that policy. I don't know that he had that policy, but otherwise, why would you not 
ride the hot hand. I'm, I'm just saying, though, no, you you can't. Let's just say he he does have that policy. Yes. Well, We're now, assuming now he, it because we saw it. Yeah, you can't have that policy. Listen, if a guy replaces you, if you're injured and your backup steps in and plays better than you played, <laughs> sit down, dude. It's, sit down. It's not like ASU is five and one and Emory Jones had a bad half. And then he got hurt. You know what I mean? ASU has two wins this season. And one of them was basically because of Trenton Bourget. And the other one was over NAU. Yes. I, I'm just saying, as a policy, you cannot have that. You can't lose your job due to injury. <laughs> Says who? Well, Wally Pip would have loved that. I, <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, it drives me nuts. If the guy steps in and plays better than you do, uh, yeah, you can lose your job. It's happened many, many times. Look at history all through sports. It's happened many, many times. Yeah, the guy that replaced you was better. So anyways, I to me, that was Tom never, Brady replacing Drew Bledsoe. That, exactly <laughs> Does right. Does that count? That was never an issue right there. But um, this is the right thing to do. I just wish they did this over the bye. When you had two weeks, in yeah. theory, to, to really open it up, and you had Borgay coming off a win, and you had, yeah, it, it made more sense to do two weeks ago. You're 100% right, but well, at least they're doing it now. Yeah, and now they're making a point to actually emphasize the fact this is a true quarterback competition that's going to be open here. That, to me, makes me think that's coach speak. For it's going to be Trent and Borgay because we're we're going to play against Colorado State if they stink. Should also point out, uh, Ray Anderson was at practice today. You you derailed me there with your because you always you always say you are the grassy knoll. So then yes. did you potentially? We're going to get back into this later on in the show. But did you potentially hold off the competition till you got to the Colorado game? So whoever you pick looks like the right answer if you're going with Trent and Borgay. Yeah, but Stanford's not that good either. So maybe that that doesn't. Hold up. Not as bad as Colorado, though. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.